Everything I learned from movies Helps to make life a little bit groovy With a one-life splat holes of gratuitous boobies It's time to get busy with your friend Steven Izzy Gentlemen, I'm Steve. And I'm Izzy. And this is Everything, Everything I Learned from, from movies. movies. And tonight. Oh, tonight. Uh, we delve into the world of Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Ah! <laughs> but we are not alone. No, we're not. We brought a friend on this journey with us. That's right. We have Brandon from the Red on You podcast. Brandon, how are you doing this morning? I'm good. <laughs> well, good as can be. On a morning after a wedding, but we're reviewing a morning. We're remo- we're we're reviewing a movie, so I'm excited. So, always a good, always a good hangover cure. <laughs> yeah, it takes your mind off of the pounding in your head. It's not too bad though. It's I've got my coffee and a bottle of water, so I'm getting hydrated. Uh, excellent. Well, speaking of getting hydrated, yeah. sweetie, I'm a little thirsty. Ah, uh, well. What do you got, babe? Uh, I have from Dr. Hop's kombucha beer, the Lop pomegranate chai. Get it, Dr. Hop's? Yes, the doctor. The doctor. Combining kombucha and beer into an unholy abomination. A rabbit-friendly, gluten-free <laughs> probiotic. Oh, Steve, wow. I'm judging this beer. Yeah, it's, it's worthy Unfiltered, of it. raw, and alive. <laughs> it's alive! <laughs> I'm going to pop my top. Oh, shit! Whoa, whoa. <laughs> Perhaps we should have refrigerated this one, babe. It's quite alive. <laughs> it really is alive. <laughs> here, here, do, you, do you need a cup? Yeah, perishable, keep refrigerated. Oh, we should have kept it refrigerated. Yeah. We shall see if we get the ill effects. <laughs> Ooh, it is very carbonated, that's for sure. <laughs> Sounded like it. It is like a, it. Uh, almost entirely foam. No, it's <laughs> yeah, It's very, very effervescent, but the bubbles are quickly dissipating. And, like, what was a full, I don't know, 12-ounce glass is now about an ounce and a half of actual liquid. <laughs> it smells kombucha-y. We may have, should have put this in the fridge when we brought it home. Eh, we shall see. Uh, it's kind of a nice rosé pink color. It's yeah. a little hazy. I'm guessing the pink's from the pomegranate. It smells very kombucha-y. It does, yeah. Highly, much more kombucha-y than the last one, which is, again, I don't know if we're giving a fair assessment on this beer because we apparently didn't treat it right. (laughs) It's just been sitting in our living room for a month now. Yeah, tastes like kombucha. Very light, effervescent. Definitely can tell, like, a little little pomegranate sweetness and stuff to it. little pomegranate, lots of kombucha on that one. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, funky. It is funky. Not overall horrible, and if it's, uh, was it 7%? Uh, 6% alcohol by volume with one milligram of caffeine. Mm. Yeah, I'm not sure this is, uh, 
supposed to be this kombucha Steve, I don't know, you tried it live. Was it this kombucha when you tested it? It was pretty close. Like, it may okay. be a little little more, but no, it's definitely not uh, completely out of the style. Yeah, okay. it's very, very light, very dry, very refreshing. And yeah, 6% alcohol, so you can't hate on that. <laughs> and probiotic and raw yeah, and alive. it's and... good for our guts. Yeah. Good for your pooper. That's yeah. right. Oh, the unholy abominations that will come out of my back end from this drink. <laughs> Speaking alive. of unholy abominations. <laughs> Speaking of horrible creations of science, 1994's Mary yeah. Shelley's Frankenstein. From director Kenneth Branagh, uh, who is also the star of this movie, Victor Frankenstein. Is um, he, though? Yeah. Well, okay, so in that little trailer thing, it said from Francis Ford Coppola. Yeah. I assume he was the big producer or something behind it, right? Yeah. Yes, uh, um, okay. I just didn't know if this was like a oh yeah, Francis Ford Coppola really did it, but then Kenneth Branagh had to step in because of some labor dispute or director's guild or something. I don't know. But I, I didn't do any research, so we'll just cut that out. No, I'm <laughs> looking it up now. But uh, Kenneth Branagh's also directed uh, Henry V, Much Ado About Nothing, Hamlet, Loves Labor Lost. He's really in the Shakespearean stuff. Uh, the Magic Flute. And then randomly, there's Thor and yeah. Jack Ryan, Shadow Recruit, yeah. and Cinderella, and Murder on the Orient Express. Most recently, <laughs> okay, uh, yes, it was directed by Kenneth Branagh and produced by Francis Ford Cop- Coppola. Oh, okay, sweet, sweet. Uh, but it also stars Robert De Niro as the creature. Yeah, uh, Tom Holsey, aka I kept calling him Amadeus. <laughs> <laughs> Amadeus, Amadeus. Throughout the whole movie, uh, <laughs> Helena Bonham Carter, Aiden Quinn, Ian Holm, John Cleese. I mean, all star cast. Absolutely oh, yeah. all star cast. You know, like John Cleese and like De Niro, you don't really notice them, which is unusual for them. Like yeah. it, they, they're very un them, which is out of character for them. Who did John yeah. Cleese play? Who was he in the movie? He, yeah, right. He was uh, Professor Walt Waldman or whatever the 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 like mentor guy that like uh, Frankenstein picked up his work. Yeah, it's him under all that, like, the, like makeup and the beard and the long hair and the everything. The hippie yeah. dude. Whoa. Yeah. yeah, I had to check, like, four or five times, too. I'm like, yeah. there's no way that's Professor Waldman. Cause every time they would say his name, it was like, Professor Waldman. <laughs> that is so cool. I'm, that is, like, his best role, in my opinion, right? then. Yeah. Because he's so un-John Cleese. Just, yeah. like, you could watch this and not realize De Niro's the monster. Because yeah. he's so not De Niro. Yeah, yeah, that's true. You can still uh, see it, though. Yeah. You, 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 it's like, uh, it, uh, it, it's a very taxi driver look. Yes. <laughs> yeah, because I was going to yeah. say, you know you know when, when anybody does like a De Niro impression with their face, they kind of do that gangster with their lip? Yeah. It looked like he had that look on a lot. <laughs> but John Cleese, that is insane. I did, right? Every time you see John Cleese in a movie, he's John Cleese. Yeah, he's, this, yeah, like, he's, 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 he's used, like rat race. <laughs> yeah, he's used as the same type of character pretty much in anything he's put in. So, so this this is just so random. God, That's amazing. <laughs> That's right. It just blew everybody's mind with that one. <laughs> but yes, the movie starts out at the North Pole, 1794, as you would expect a Frankenstein movie to start out. Um, <laughs> yeah, I just recently watched the original Frankenstein from the 50s. It doesn't start out like that. <laughs> what? <laughs> Weird. Oh man! So does the book? Okay, I've uh, true confession. I've never read the book Me by neither. Mary Shelley about Frankenstein, the uh, 
Prometheus Unbound or whatever it is. I read it when I was like seven, so I don't think I got all of it, but yeah. I don't remember him banging his sister. <laughs> <laughs> well, I remember like Bram Stoker's Dracula, like it was all like notes and mm-hmm. uh, like journal entries and stuff kind of told that way, like a found I footage kind of story. Remember. But I don't know if Mary Shelley's Frankenstein was that way. No, but I... I... Know it was... When I was doing research for the original movie, I found out that that movie from the 50s is actually based on a play of Frankenstein. So they actually cut out all the Arctic stuff and how he continues to look for the monster and chase the monster after his wedding. It pretty much just gets up to Victor Frankenstein's wedding, and then that's where the story ends. Uh-huh. Yeah, I do, I do remember the Arctic part being in it, because I was like, wait... Because I was a monster kid. I enjoyed monster movies and going like, wait, I don't remember seeing this in any of the movies, like yeah. up until that point. <laughs> yeah. But but we're up there at the North Pole, the turn of the century, of the, what, 18th century or 19th century, and there's a ship. There's and the Northwest Passage as well. Uh, is that what they're looking for? That's what the captain's looking for. <laughs> but there's an iceberg right ahead. And of course they hit it. <sighs> and they're like immediately closed in with ice and can't move. And it's in the arctic so negative 50 or whatever everything's freezing like almost immediately and then in the distance they hear this weird moaning yelling noise and they see something approaching something giant oh no it's just a guy carrying a sled with a bunch of flags or something for some reason he (laughs) is covered in furs yeah covered in pelts he's been eating well up there yeah (laughs) and it's victor frankenstein bum 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 Oh, then we also get the dogs going after another creature off in the mist or whatever they can't yeah. see. And they're like, hey, get back. And like, it's too late. They're already dead. And Maybe then we get... that's what he's been eating. Maybe all those pelts are just like sled dogs <laughs> he's been eating. Mm. <laughs> Delicious sled dog. Uh, but they they bring uh, the gentleman onto the ship and he identifies himself as Victor Frankenstein. And then we go to flashback about 20 years earlier <laughs> to Geneva <laughs> as he tells his story of what is out there on the ice. What is out there? What are we chasing? Why is your mom's name Martha? <laughs> <laughs> That's my mom's name. Why would you say that name? <laughs> Speaking of moms, we get the most overdoting mom ever. Oh, God. By the way, the f- moment she opens her mouth, it's a countdown to when she's dying, right? Yeah. <laughs> I want you just the most wonderful child in all of the world, and we will never die or have anything bad happen to us ever. <laughs> countdown to three, two, oh. one. <laughs> By the way, this is Elizabeth. You must think of her as your sister. Yes, Elizabeth. <laughs> as her, as his, uh, Victor's sister in this movie. Yeah. Must think of her that way. <sighs> I don't understand why they had to introduce her that way. She's not his sister in the book, I don't think. Oh, no, I don't think. I'm sure it's just like uh, royal families or, you know, high high class families just hanging out. And Elizabeth was just another socialite kind of. Her family died, so she wants to go live with them. Yeah, they didn't have to include the line, you must think of her like your sister. (laughs) Because it could just be like, hey, this is Elizabeth. Her rich parents died, so she's going to come hang out here so we can absorb her estate into ours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Annex her family's fortune. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Because they're taking care of her, and then they'll auction her off. That's what happens with ladies back then, Steve. <laughs> you learn so something new get... every day. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so then we get to a couple years later, and they're dancing around and having a merry time. Na, 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 na. Smash cut to a bloody-ass birth. 
Um, <laughs> where where it's the the mother is like, cut me to save the baby because it's coming in sideways. You, you or... forgot the part about that uh, he's supposed to be a teenager who only looks like he's in his forties. Yeah. <laughs> He looks like the world's oldest teenager. It's like it's like he's got that Jack disease. Right. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, in the most soundstage mansion ever, his mother passes away. No. Okay, I, well, I his I, dad walks around barefoot and shirtless. Yeah, covered in blood and just I, I did everything I could. His dad's played by Ian Holm, by the way, which is yeah. pretty cool. Okay, so we got to talk about the like the mansion that that main staircase and everything that doesn't have a railing and. The walls look like it's all wallpaper on top of cardboard. Like it's probably yeah. areas. It needed a little bit more production value. Yeah. Something a little more interesting. Some gilding. Anything. Yeah. It looks like it's like plaster Paris. <laughs> and the thing is, like after that first scene, I kept noticing every time it's there. It's in the movie like fifteen, twenty it's different one times. Of the main stages. <laughs> Like, like it's one of the main stages of the house. They do so much shooting on the staircase, and they didn't build it well. Yeah. Uh, so we found a flaw in this movie. A flaw? One, one flaw. We'll start the counter. <laughs> That's one, everybody. Realest staircase ever. Ding! <laughs> so then we find, uh, un- unfortunately, the mother has passed away. So we cut to three years later, yeah. where there's... They're frolicking with kites, right? Uh, yeah. What's, I've written down Windmill Dig Puppet. <laughs> I don't know what you wrote, babe. That's your handwriting. <laughs> yeah, I missed if, the puppet. When did this come into play? So then we go to uh, the, the the hills of Switzerland for a feature of Sound of Music where they're flying kites. That's exactly what I was thinking, too. <laughs> but then there's a, a little thundercloud. What do they call it? Like a blunderbuss or something? Yeah, one, one thund- little, like... <laughs> 10 square foot thundercloud. That's the biggest one I've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> they, they don't often pop up, but I was hoping they might. Blah, blah, blah. It's just the time of year for them. Which Let's I found funny out. because he didn't even want to go out. Yeah. She, she had to like beg him to go and fly kites with them. And then it, it seemed like it was his plan all along to go and find that cloud. Well, see, that's the thing is that, like, he didn't want to go out until he realized he needed a bunch of electricity. He's like, you know what? I will go fly kites with you. But let's wait till exactly 3 p.m. on a Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and so then it's coming and they're like, oh, we should have an entry. No, no, you absolutely should not. <laughs> Luckily, I brought this umbrella without the umbrella part. So I can just stab it in the ground and, and put it up like a lightning rod. And, <laughs> and then the countdown to the lightning bolt. That was ridiculous. <laughs> like... Here it comes. Three, two, one. <laughs> it's like, then, what are you, Doc Brown? Calm down, man. Right? Uh, <laughs> How does it feel, Elizabeth? Electrified. <laughs> such a ridiculous scene. <laughs> Sorry. I just... And everybody's electric except for the kid. Who's the, the, the kid who's playing the oh, little brother really? is looking around yeah. like, who in the fuck are all you people and what is wrong with you? <laughs> By the way, can we just point out, this is just Helena Bottom Carter's hair, right? What is? Whatever is happening in this movie, this is her hair oh. in every movie. This is just her hair, the right? The fact that she like refuses to comb it or anything. I Spoiler alert, I think it's supposed to be an ode to Bride of Frankenstein when that rolls around, where her hair was kind of just all over the place and 
zapped up, but... Yeah, but she'd been dead for a while and then electrocuted. She had a reason for it. Helena, Helena Bonham Carter's hair is like this in every movie. She's she's oh, like this in The well. Lone Ranger. <laughs> yeah, her, her hair is just naturally teased up for some reason. I think that's just all it does. And honestly, if I had that hair, I would just shave it. <laughs> she probably got the idea from Tim Burton when they were together. Yeah. yeah. His hair is always sticking up like he's just been electrocuted, too. Have you ever seen a movie where her hair was normal? Nope. Even in Fight Club when her hair's short, it's still yeah. sticking up like it's just been electrocuted. Yeah. Well, we're not here to hair shame. Or are we? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, we then smash cut from the electrocution scene to them dancing in a ballroom and having a gay old time. La, 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 la. Until Daddy Downer comes down the staircase and has to announce that Uh, Well, thank you all for coming, even though my dead wife passed away just three years ago, giving birth to my lovely son, William. And everyone's like, God damn, it was fun. All right, well. (laughs) Time for us all to go home now. And I want to congratulate my other son, Victor, for taking his... uh, He got into the medical program. Yeah, Stain University in Ingolstadt or whatever. And it's like, oh, okay, cool. But how do a brother and sister say goodbye? (laughs) They make out in the garden. That's how they say goodbye. Obviously. Come on now. I mean, see, I don't have a brother, and you don't have a sister, so we've never had to do this, but apparently that's what you do? I, I must have missed that growing up. Oh, well. <laughs> it was a different time. You have three time. stepsisters. How many of them did you make out with? <clears throat> Zero. <laughs> Negative two. <laughs> like, not even their friends? Like, not even. Uh, so how, we... Brendan, how many of your sisters have you uh, made out with in the garden? Uh, my sister's like five, so none. Oh, you gotta wait till she becomes 18, then you can do it. <laughs> at, at least 12. You're right, if we're going by their standards. Yeah, if it's if it's their time period. Bunch of weirdos. This is getting creepy. Let's yeah, so, hey, so we moved to Ingolstadt, where uh, Frank, Dr. Frankenstein, well, I guess not quite Dr. Frankenstein yet, right? Yeah. He's student he's Frankenstein. Student Frankenstein. Resident and, uh, resident there Frankenstein. There you go. Uh, he checks into his uh, palatial attic that he's going to live in and uh, perform experiments with, again, while being a first-year student. Um, (laughs) But uh, Maybe it's because he's rich? Oh, yeah. I mean, that always helps to be rich. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Here, I'm going to donate all this money to your university. Give my son a laboratory. I love how the, uh, the motto of this university is, knowledge is power, only through God. Yeah, well, because God's in control of everything. And uh, I've written down, oh, is he in art school? Because there's no such thing as an original thought. Nope. (laughs) Yeah, his big thing. (laughs) And then that's when we're introduced to Amadeus as a fellow student. And it's like, oh, it is an art school. (laughs) Right? (laughs) I I think uh, Amadeus or whatever. I I forget what his name is in the movie, but I'm just going to call him Amadeus because it's Tom Holsey. You mentioned something about uh, oh that's right they run into the uh, the jock guy after class and he mm-hmm. like bumps into him and he's like oh he's only suited for the playing field what sport are we talking about cricket <laughs> is cricket big in uh, Germany or Austria wherever they are in seventeen ninety something I think they're in Germany because they keep making fun of Frankenstein for being Austrian yeah that's right yeah. <laughs> they're picking on him for being from Austria. <laughs> Same thing happened with Hitler. <laughs> all right. Uh, <laughs> I'll show you. I'll show you all. <laughs> oh, that's right. I went to art school. Yeah. Mm. 
Mm. Yeah, don't piss off an art student, honey. Mm, interesting. Yeah, honey. Yeah. Uh, and then we get a, uh, during one of the classes, we get the introduction of the reclusive crazy Dr. Wardman, played by John Cleese, as mentioned. Yeah. Mind blown. <laughs> now i got to clean my wall. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Uh, and Frankenstein, like, first day of class, immediately confronts his professor, saying, well, why would have haven't we done this way, and blah, blah, blah? Because we haven't, and we're not supposed to, and God... Yeah, this. why can't we just bring people back from the dead? Because that's an abomination against God. If God wants someone dead, then they're dead. Just deal with it. Yeah, and then Professor Woolman talks to Frankenstein, and he's like, let me show you something. And then we get the monkey paw experiment. Yes, well, and he's trying to talk Frankenstein out of trying to resurrect the dead, because he was like, see, this is why it doesn't work, because you can't really control it. But he's really just egging Frankenstein on, mm-hmm. and then he's like, you need to abandon all this work, just like I did. And it's like, obviously you haven't abandoned it! He's like, no, 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 I, I can figure it out, I got this. And he's like, no, no, you mustn't! <laughs> just... <laughs> Please stop trying to copy me. Do you remember the monkey paw almost killing Amadeus? And then we couldn't, like, undo it? <laughs> I think one of my biggest problems with this movie was some of the dialogue because it almost made it seem like he had made a full-on Frankenstein before because even the way the main professor talks about it later on it seems like he knows exactly what's going to happen like it's going to be a freak of nature and it's going to go on like a killing spree and stuff because that's what happened with the professor that's how come the professor got like demoted or whatever well I I want a prequel movie then I want to see this original Frankenstein John Cleese is still around. Hey, uh, it, it, young Waldman doesn't have the same uh, same <laughs> same cachet as young Frankenstein, though. It's true, so. young Wally. <laughs> Excuse me. Wacky Wally's dead guy. <laughs> Wacky Wally's dead guy experimentations. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. It totally is like how how close did you get, Professor? Too close. And that's where it's like, holy shit, you made dead people. You brought dead <laughs> people back from the grave. You dead people. <laughs> Admit it. And then we get uh, Helena Bottom. I'm sorry, Elizabeth, <laughs> writing and talking at the same time, as was tradition at the time. Yes. Uh, so that everyone knew what you tradition. were writing. You have, to, you have to write while talking out loud. That's the only way to write in this time. Uh, yeah, their, their correspondence back and forth is just kind of crazy. And then you figure out why it's kind of crazy, because it's really... Elizabeth just writing it all, like, to mm-hmm. herself. <laughs> no, I've been writing it for, like, the last six months. I haven't really heard from him. By the way, what makes that really weird is she's reading out loud, and then it's like, Dearest Elizabeth, ooh, I have to hide this part. Like, for every- Why would you even include that? Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm sure the first one or two, but yeah, then after that, she's, like, writing her own erotic fan fiction for herself. Right? How I wish to touch your ample bosom and run my fingers through what you call your hair. <laughs> Get my fingers stuck in that rat's nest on your head. <laughs> As somebody with incredibly thick hair, I gave up on men running their fingers through my hair a long time ago. It ain't gonna happen. Aww. Honey, your your hands aren't getting through this. Yeah, that's true. Hey, if you can't run your fingers through it, just grab it. That's there right. you go, yeah. Just get a handful of it. Yeah, get a big handful. Like, like the reins on a horse. There's always alternatives. <laughs> and so then, back in Ingolstadt, uh, the plague is breaking out. Uh, or was or cholera. Cholera, cholera is breaking out. yeah. And they're putting out vaccines to people. And one of the people is Robert De Niro in, in a horrible little Cockney accent. 
Yeah. <laughs> Professor Woolman's like, no, I'm just going to stick you with this. It's going to be safe. It's just a little ineffective. No, you'll kill of... me. You'll kill me. I'll show you. You're not stabbing me with that. And then he immediately pulls out a shank and stabs Professor Waldman, who yeah. dies of his wounds. De Niro is hung. Hung by the neck until he is dead. Yes. He also um, has some weird growths on his face. Yeah. Because they got to cut those out later. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it was really like, not this time, but like the previous time we watched it a couple years ago, where I realized that was even Robert De Niro playing that guy. Yeah. Because <laughs> he looked so much bulkier and Yeah, they did a good job. Like, Frankenstein. Yeah. yeah. But, but yeah, he just looks like skinny. And he had the hair down over his face, most mm-hmm. of his face and stuff too. So it's like, oh, oh shit, that is De Niro. <laughs> Yeah, it was quite the surprise when that part came around. I forgot that you saw him before he became the monster. Yeah, they did a very good job on like like doing the character design for those two. Now him as the monster, he could have done a little bit of work, but I found yeah, him a little goofy at times, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Are you saying that jacket might have been a little too much? I like the jacket, actually. You don't think it was a little overdone? It, it reminded me of Darkman. Have you seen that movie? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That's yeah, the exact point. same jacket that he wears. Really? I guess it is. I guess a little, little more well-lit in this movie. Like, it has but, yeah. the, uh, it almost looks like that little cape that goes up to his elbows on the back. Yeah. But no, just yeah, sometimes when he call. tried to talk or the way he acted sometimes, he was just kind of goofy. Like, I know he was trying to be, like, a child almost, but, yeah, I don't know, De Niro, yeah. maybe yeah, it was yeah, his was... voice. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Uh, yeah, he was just trying to do, like, the labored, like, who I, whose hands are these? <laughs> Actually, are when you own? when you said the director did Shakespeare movies, that makes perfect sense, because this feels oh. like a Shakespearean take on Frankenstein. Oh, it's very ab- thespian. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. yeah. You know what, though? The set dress, you know what, you say that, and suddenly the set dressings kind of, like, come more into focus. It is more like a big play. Yeah, a lot, a lot of stage yeah yeah very very stage like very dramatic he's pulling in but uh with waldman dying uh frankenstein finds his notebook and he immediately starts reading through and he's like holy shit this this guy totally figured it out we just need raw materials raw materials and luckily there is the body of that guy that just shanked him so we could probably use that uh we could probably use waldman's brain (laughs) as you know just raw materials the f- the finest brain we we have available yeah what we have at uh, our disposal we also need to find a shit ton of electric eels and uh enough <laughs> embryonic fluid to fill a bathtub oh man that that was wrong <sighs> so much yeah. or what what was that alien sack he created that was not right yeah, yeah well that, that's where he stored the the fluid in the eels but no, it, but yeah <laughs> that's not my question what was that thing made out of like, it what, looked oh, like sheep splatter sheep splatter <laughs> yeah just that's... a lot of sheep splatter oh is that what he said no, no that's what no. i'm guessing oh. <laughs> it, it's a whale bladder wow, right yeah. there we go is a bladder of some sort of animal. And I think <laughs> the, one thing I didn't like about this is that Victor Frankenstein didn't figure this stuff out. He just took the idea from someone else. But he refined it. He honed it in. Y- yes, yeah, but I don't think in the He's book. He's like Henry Ford. He didn't invent the car. He just made it better. Wait, he made this, it functional. Yeah. This came out a few months after Jurassic Park, right? You, uh, you, you stood on the shoulders of geniuses, and now you're selling it. You're selling it. And... <laughs> There's no no original thought of your own and uh, chaos. 
That's right. They they needed Goldblum to be the uh, the professor <gasps> at the school. Uh, he would have been perfect in this movie. <laughs> oh, it is uh, th- uh, an abomination uh, of God uh, to not say such things. <laughs> we do when we do when we do Walden's monster or whatever. He can be Walden's professor. Yes, or the monster. <laughs> <laughs> we must destroy it <laughs> it's far too sexy to live in this world uh, you'll never uh, uh, catch me alive <laughs> he could probably just he could probably do just as good of a job as De Niro if not better oh yeah <laughs> oh my god and professor <laughs> And Professor Walden's mentor is played by Christopher Walken. Just yeah. as we <laughs> Christopher Walken is the monster. Oh. Uh? If you don't make me a bride, I'll be with you on your wedding night. <laughs> Boom. Mm, go. Now. Make her. God, I'm loving this movie. Oh we're my making god, right I'm now. sold. I'm sold. Well, I think Frankenstein so then... is free range, so if we wanted to, we could make that movie. Oh, is it public domain? It is public domain. All the universal monsters, I'm pretty sure, are public domain. (laughs) Yeah, Mary Shelley's for sure, like, if you base it off the book. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure Dracula is for sure as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, Yeah. because it was also written in, like, 1400. Yeah, because I read recently in the the Buffy, uh, the Vampire Slayer show, at one point they wanted to put this Dracula-type character in the show, and then Joss Whedon was just like, why don't we just put Dracula in? He's free reign. Let's just put him in. Yeah. If it's over 70 years old, it's free reign, except for anything owned by Disney, because (laughs) they pay a lot of money to keep that that shit hidden. So anything before World War I, basically. Uh Uh-huh. Wizard of Oz, is, if you base uh, it off the book, is free reign. You can do a Wizard of Oz. You can even call it Wizard of Oz. Coming next week. <laughs> That's how come you, they have, you know, like, through the looking glass and, like, the Tin Man stuff and all that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, if you base it off the books, like, um, the Edgar Allan Poe stuff is all up for grabs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, oh, oh, the Wizard of Oz featuring Dracula, Frankenstein, yeah. the Wolfman, and the Invisible so- Man. The Raven. Sold. The, no, <laughs> yeah, picture Dorian Gray. That's up for grabs. That's why they get to put all these yeah, things Yeah, Leave Extraordinary Gentlemen. And yeah, yeah, all those guys. All those guys. Yeah. Hmm. Mm. Technically the Jungle Book, if you base it off the book. The Riyard Kipling or whatever, as opposed to the Disney movie. Steve's just um, got, like, all these ideas now. Yeah, I'm like, well, everything I learned from movie production coming next week. Now. <laughs> oh, yeah, so he's got his sack of eels and fluid. Um, <laughs> oh, hmm. the erotic fluid really bothers me so much yeah and then yeah he does the experiment with the frog and is able to bring it back and we find out the frog's super strong and cuts yeah. through the jar or the petri dish he's in then nothing happens with that frog nope the yeah. frog goes nowhere i want to know what happens with that frog he becomes a prince <laughs> <laughs> frankenstein should have like found it later on or something and became friends with it yeah <laughs> wait the doctor or the monster the monster sorry oh okay. yeah, yeah okay <laughs> I'm like that'd be weird. No. <laughs> uh, but then we get the whole scene where he takes the the body, puts it together, starts swinging it across the room and down <laughs> into the embryonic fluid tank and sticking it and dumping in the eels and like supercharging them and yeah. all that stuff. And then he he sees the eyeballs open, so then he jumps in there and tries like kickstarting them and we get a little like live, damn you, yeah. live. <laughs> and, and we get the line like it's alive. It's alive because he hears like a little thump on the side because yeah, he thinks it's it... dead at first, and and then I think his finger moves or something. 
Yeah. Yeah. He, well, he has to pull it out of the out of the fluid, and then he's doing like chest compressions. This and Frankenstein's all shirtless so over and the greased. Yeah, the like KY wrestling. It looks like like trying to stand him up. It's still embryonic fluid, and at this point, how old is it? Yeah. Oh, why'd you have to say yeah. that? Because this is all I was thinking. I was sick during this yeah. entire scene. I was sick scene, too, but I wasn't I thinking think of. of it being like old and moldy. <laughs> <laughs> but I wasn't it even talking about that. that I was talking about there. them wrestling to like try and stand for like what ten minutes of the movie. It seems yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then this is where we get Frankenstein pulling his stupidest move in the history of stupid moves. Yeah. He, yeah. he chains this monster up. And then doesn't secure the chains and clocks it in the head? Yeah. Well, what I find funny is that he... How does he know it's evil right away? Like, he's just wrestling with it, trying to get him up, and then I think he accidentally pushes him too far or something, and then he's like, oh, you're evil. And it was like, how did? How do you know he's evil already? I think what it is is... Uh, I don't think it's that he thinks it's evil right away. I think it's just that he realizes that it's... Um, low functioning he really wanted his professor to just like pop into that body yeah and he's like oh shit i i made a special needs student with the body strength of an ox yeah he he was basically waiting for victor where am i what's going on yeah see i don't like that because in the original frankenstein i don't know if it's like that in the book but he his main point is that when he wakes up he's gonna be like a newborn baby because he has to readjust to the real world yeah and it, and it totally makes sense i mean i don't i i don't know the science behind like brain transplants and stuff like that nowadays but i assume there's some sort of getting used to it period well i think right? that's that's a main question in, in the other one too is we're not sure if we're going to be waking up the brain or if we're just going to be putting a soul into this body that's someone completely different yeah, like, that's the whole thing is, like, who is he? Is he the sum of his parts? Is he the the brain? Is it, yeah. I think that's, that's like, kind of the big question is, like, when you, when you mess with these things, have you created a new creature? Is it, yeah. But, yeah, but basically I think in this one it's that uh, his professor had already warned him, like, whatever is made is kind of an abomination and doesn't need to live in this world. And then when Frankenstein wrestles this one, he realizes, like, oh, fuck, teacher was right. I screwed well, up. Done. Let's pretend this didn't happen. And then yeah. just hangs it up by and Colorado. leaves it there. Yeah, yeah, so he leaves it there hanging. And he's like, I'm tired. I'm going to take a nap and destroy everything in the morning. No big deal. Because we find out later he's sick. Smash cut to, oh, shit, he's alive. Oh, <laughs> oh shit. shit, he's right here in my bedroom. Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. And then the, the the professor is telling him, like, did you think it would work? Evil begets evil begets evil and blah, blah, blah. So does that Stitched guy actually evil. say that or is this a fever dream? I think it's a fever dream. Okay. But, yeah, I, I don't see him, like, actually saying this stuff in class because he doesn't even know he's doing the experiments. But Yeah, because nobody knows about the monster. Yeah, basically, say like, the, the lab starts on fire or something, right? Or like partially on fire? I forget. No, he has the fever dream about it, and then he remember he wakes up and he's no. clean. No, the the like the creature like chases oh, him right. out of the bedroom yeah. or whatever, and he's like trying to get away. And I remember there's like stumbling or something, and then I, I think it he like knocks down. Frankenstein out, but he like 
Oh yeah, he or he like locks himself are... somewhere, and Frankenstein grabs his coat and leaves, but it's got his notebook in the coat. Okay, yeah, and yeah. I think yeah, I think there is like a little flare up from some of the test tubes because that's where we go. Oh, he's afraid of fire. Yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, and then so he like runs out into the cholera-laden streets while Frankenstein passes out from sickness. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and the crowd like attacks him and. He starts just throwing dudes the in the town square. Yeah, yeah, the creature. Yeah, uh, yeah Way to the, keep the he's and the Frankenstein's. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I keep doing it. but yeah, the the creature is in the crowd and just throwing guys around. And yeah. <laughs> at that point, I would be like, if I'm in that crowd, I'm like, you know what? Never mind. Do you, bro? You do I'm, you, bro? I'm good. <laughs> By the way, they assume he spread the cholera just because he's ugly. Is That's that what they were basis. going after him for? I yeah, they go. So, yeah, oh yeah. my god, look at that monster. He must have create. He must be spreading the cholera. Though, remember, because the, the the lady, the chubby lady, is yeah, like, the one that's lady. the one with the cholera. Get him. See, I don't like that. Like, there's so many little things in this movie that don't make sense. I don't think people were that dumb back then. Oh, he's ugly. He must be yeah. sick. Let's kill him. You I th- never know. <laughs> I, mean, I think people were that bad. Uh, yeah, the, the public education system wasn't as great back then. You know. So, well, yeah, that's. True. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Uh, but yeah, so the crowd like chase, and I think they also just needed the the scene where the crowd like chases them with pitchforks or whatever. You got to have that scene because we're not going to get that later. Movie. Yeah. Well, he could have tried uh, stealing food from someone or something, and they've been like monster, and then just ran at him. Well, he was. Remember, he yeah, he walks pa- up to the food line, and yeah. that's when they all notice him. Oh, uh, see, I only yeah, watched yeah, it yeah, once like to prepare, and I didn't want to watch it again. But he gets away, luckily. Yes, he After- goes and hides down dead cholera body alley. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was creepy. That was really creepy, and I was trying to figure out if the dead bodies were any of the students we had seen before, because that that feels like something they would have done in this movie. Yeah, yeah, little callbacks, kind of like that. But, um, but we do get where uh, Frankenstein awakes in his bed, being fed by Amadeus. <laughs> so, so he's okay. Uh, apparently, the fire, I don't know, burned itself out, or yeah. Also, somebody cleaned his loft. Yeah, because all his equipment nice. is gone, and his girlfriend's there. His sister. Oh yes, his sister slash fiance is there. Yeah. Elizabeth. And, and I've written down what happened to the lab, and was there a piano there the whole time? Because there's a piano there now. <laughs> oh yeah, this is the part where he wakes up and she's just randomly playing it, right? Yeah. I thought it was yeah. a dream at first. Yeah. Me too. I thought uh, this was more fever dream. Okay, he he's sleeping. He's sick. I'm just gonna play piano. <laughs> and hope he doesn't wake up. Well, I think she's... I don't know. I don't know. She's also, like, they're... Weird. Her character is very strange. Mm, darling oh. sister, wife, girlfriend. <laughs> we didn't know they were Mormon. <laughs> sister, wife. Yeah, oh, and the, they're they're kissing when they're reunited, and they're just, like, spinning around and just, right? like, mouth Also, like, he's each other full and... of pneumonia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just coming out of every orifice. The monster we find uh, later squatting in a barn, just kind of hanging out with the family. Uh, but while he's in the barn, that's where he finds the doctor's notebook. And we get a little, basically a little time montage of like him learning how to read and then reading the notebook. Because the, the family's teaching the kid in the house and he can like peek in through the side of the barn or something. Um, and it seems like he stays there for quite a while. How do you not notice him? It's not like you had soundproofing back then. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that family would have noticed if 
there was someone living with their pigs. And I'm going to put it out there right now. That monster probably snores like a son of a bitch. Oh, yeah. Who says it sleeps? It's still human, though. Well, maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. That's kind of the question of this movie, isn't it? Well, and with the soundproofing, I mean, it is a barn full of pigs, so I'm sure, like, noises or weird noises or, like, bumping on the walls and stuff is kind of a... (laughs) par for the course for that That's house so. there are also you, like 15 people living in that house yeah <laughs> well I, I, I just would have thought like if there's a blind guy he would have noticed like a new sound in the barn especially the a weird new smell no, a new smell yeah. a new smell too yeah although so, when he so does like find frankenstein he's not really scared anyway so i guess that's a moot point never mind yeah, yeah. <laughs> well He's the... Well, and and then there's the scene where the they're uh, apparently they're harvesting potatoes or turnips or something. All of them, apparently. I think potatoes, but the ground's too frozen and they can't quite harvest. Ah, it takes them all day just to get like uh, four or five potatoes. But then the next day, the monster helps out and harvests the whole damn field, yeah. basically while they were sleeping, so they didn't hear it or anything <laughs> as well. Um, and then there's I don't know. 10 random large baskets filled with potatoes and they can go to market and they're saved and they no they can't go to market because the town's closed due to cholera but they'll be able to eat for the winter oh that's right that's right that, I, I was gonna say that's right because that's why they can't pay their rent because they can't sell okay that, that, yeah. that's all coming together now and then me. what do they call frank like frankenstein's monster like the spirit the, of the spirit of the forest yeah. or something. yeah yeah i was like oh that's sweet a little over the top but i'm okay with it <laughs> Um, and that's where we get the old man, old blind man playing the flute, and he and he meets the monster. And gotta have the classic scene of the old man meeting the monster. By the way, expertly done in Young Frankenstein. <laughs> so good. I love Young Frankenstein. That it's a great movie. It's a nearly perfect movie. Uh, but then we cut back to uh, I guess Geneva or wherever Frankenstein lives, uh, where he's marrying his sister. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But then we also get the uh, the guy coming for rent uh, to collect rent, and he's kind of rough and like throws the blind the blind guy around, and he's like, "Well, I'm just gonna take what I want." Uh, but then the monster shows up and kills him like instantly. Yeah, yeah kill just the like landlord. crushes him against the roof or something, doesn't he? And just tosses him yeah. around like a rag doll. <laughs> it gives him a little bunk on the head with the roof, and then it's like, "Oh well, I guess he's dead now." Lights right. out. Oh yeah, he probably snapped his neck or something doing that. Yeah. Uh, but then the the rest of the family returns and uh, he gets chased off by the father. Like, what? What are you doing here? Get out of here! Meanwhile, the old blind guy is like, "No, oh, he's our friend." And like, whatever, you're a crazy old man. I said, "Get out! Get, get, get!" Well, so part of it, I blame the kid partially for this. There's a little girl there with grandpa, and when the landlord comes up, or there's a little girl playing in the field alone. Yeah. And the landlord comes up and like shakes her down for money first. And then goes, where's your dad? I bet he's in the house. So she runs to go get her parents, but she's so upset she can't speak. She just cries and points towards the house and mutters grandpa. And they all go running up. So when they come up, find the landlord dead and see the monster with the dead guy in his arms, they're like, oh, she was afraid of the monster. Yeah. Yeah. Very convenient. But so they chase off the monster and he runs off into the forest and then he cries like a bitch. Well, at least he didn't drown the little girl in this one. He drowns the girl in the first, the original movie. Accidentally. Accidentally. Because he doesn't realize his own strength. But it is it is the father's fault in the original movie because he just leaves her at home alone. Right? Yeah, she's a lonely little girl. It's she so wants a funny. Friend. We laughed at it so hard because the scene just starts with the little, like, the father going to the little girl. It's just like, I'm going into market. You stay home alone now and have fun. And then you see Frankenstein come. You're like, what the hell? 
<laughs> so that's like what used to happen. That's actually why like Rottweilers and stuff were bred was because like they were a poor man's horse and then they would babysit your kids when you were busy. Yeah. And now yeah, we have TV. Exactly. exactly. You know oh, the... TV. Raising well, more children. At least yeah. this little girl survived and it was just the tax man who bit the dust. Yeah. yeah. Well, because but... they got to save the child murder for later. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're oh, getting yeah. there. <laughs> but uh but because the tax man's been killed the family's instantly like well we gotta get the fuck out of here now right. so grab what you can and let's burn this bitch to the ground <laughs> they grab everything though they are out of there so quick yeah. how did they get all those pigs out of there i've herded pigs it's not easy well they, no. they put on the back of the pigs and then had them carry them out how of do you get a pig to run in a straight line you don't uh, rope? <laughs> no B- a big ass carrot i don't know <laughs> Uh, but they get out of there. The house is burning down. Uh, the monster, you know, comes back to like, oh, what's going on? And then he's like, I must have my revenge. Yeah. God I didn't get that. Nobody yeah. likes me. I'm going to go kill my father. Yeah. Yeah. That was the weirdest thing, too. He was like, uh, okay, uh, I'm going to go kill him because he brought me back to life. He, yeah, well, he's reading, so he's reading the notebook that's in his pocket, and the last page says, like, I, he, Frankenstein uh, had written down, I made a horrible mistake, I should have brought this creature around, this is a failure, like, we're out, I have to kill it. And so, they hint at this later that the monster has emotions he can't control, because yeah. no one ever showed him how to control his emotions, so I think yeah. he kind of reads that line and is like, oh, I wasn't supposed to be alive? Fuck that guy. Well, then Fuck also, that guy for all of my torment. Because if I wasn't here, I wouldn't be sad. Well, that also makes sense with the heartbreak scene where, you, where he's crying like a bitch after the family catch yeah. away. It's like, okay, yeah, yeah, okay. We get we get the range of emotions from De Niro. He has emotions and he has no idea what to do with them. Yeah. So then he walks across the Alps to, mm-hmm. you know, calm down. Just but to he's uh, heading... ease his mind a little bit. <laughs> exactly. Again, I don't think he sleeps. I'm not sure he eats either. Yeah. Well, I, I no, he eats because he eats the the slop of the, oh, that's the right, pigs the or pigs. whatever. But yeah, he just walks across the Alps. Everybody's coming back home at the the palatial estate of Frankenstein. Because the there's going to be a wedding. Yeah. Dum, dum, <laughs> and, it, and it's at this point I've written down. Poor Justine just can't get a break. Oh, poor Justine. Justine is the. The daughter of the housekeeper. Yeah, and she she was in like the little girl scene, like like when mm-hmm. young young younger Frankenstein and younger Elizabeth were introduced and stuff. And she's playing the piano. Everybody's like, "Go shut up, Justine. Go over there now." Yeah, and they're like prepping for the wedding, and she's like trying to help with the dress, like saying, "Oh, it's such a beautiful dress." And it's like, "Oh, quiet, Justine. You just wish it was you." Blah blah oh, yeah. blah. I forgot Stop about that character. What was this. up with that? Uh, fucking with Justine, it seems, but. Yeah. Uh, it just oh, yeah. seems like that should have went somewhere because that was very upfront during those well, just two random scenes. Well, because no, there's also the scene yeah. before Elizabeth goes to to the the med school town, Ingolstadt, Ingolstadt, where they're frolicking in the in the the Alps or whatever, and Elizabeth admits that she's the one who wrote all the letters. She hasn't heard from Victor, and Elizabeth or uh, Justine basically goes, if he was mine, I would have already gone to him, but he's not. He's yours. So I think it's, there's kind of like a subtext of, like, Justine's always had a crush, but because she's lower class, she would never have a chance with Victor. Yeah. And she's just and one of the maids, or the servant's daughters? She's a servant's, yeah. yeah the, okay. the, like, head housekeeper's daughter. That's yeah. still kind of a random thing to put in there. Yeah, 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 but yeah, it's weird. It's just 
So like it doesn't one resolve itself, One character does it? get a shit on. Well, <laughs> she gets resolved. Um, yeah. All right, so we get young Willie, who's, what, three or four years old at this point? Maybe five? Yes. Yeah, uh, like he's just running through the forest because, you know, he's the little child of the family. He gets to do whatever he's he wants. He's the golden child. And he has that locket that has a picture of uh, Victor Frankenstein in it. Oh, yeah, so, so Victor proposes to Elizabeth with a locket that has his own picture in it. Yeah. Um, and... Because, you know, I guess he couldn't get a ring, but he could get someone to paint his picture. Uh, and so <laughs> Willie wants to play with it when Elizabeth comes home and she and he runs off into the forest with it. And Elizabeth's like, be careful, it's not a toy. And his dad goes, ah, let him play with it. Yeah. Because, again, he's a fucking golden child. Apparently he can do no wrong. <laughs> but while in the forest, he runs into the monster. <gasps> and he drops the locket. Yeah. And then the monster opens up the locket and sees Victor Frankenstein's picture. Frankenstein. Oh, come here, little boy. Yeah, well, they, they cut the scene out where he goes chasing after the little boy, but it's basically a, t- a couple hours have gone by, and they're like, oh, has anyone seen my Willy? <laughs> I've lost my Willy in the woods! <laughs> and so they send out a search party looking for him, and Justine is by herself in this search party, which I'm like, nope, nope, not gonna happen. Ever. Well, she's the servant's daughter. Nobody yeah. cares about her. Justine, yeah. you go check over Why there. Why is she even part of the search party? Because it's all hands on deck. She, Elizabeth is looking she too. She doesn't even have a coat. She, like, somebody has to stay behind at the mansion, right? Yeah, that's the dad? I guess. Uh, no, I think the dad was out there looking too, wasn't oh, he? yeah. Maybe, maybe oh, Justine's right. mom? Isn't he the one that finds... Uh, no. No, that's no, the, that's like, head right. of the guard or whatever. That's right, yeah. Oh. But yeah, they find a search party. Basically... Willie's brought back, but Justine gets like away from everybody because she's by herself. Has no idea what the fuck she's doing, and is and apparently so coming tired. down with like pneumonia or something. She's so like tired. she's really sick or something. She needs a rest. So she takes she's a nap rest. in a barn, is all shivering and stuff, and that's when the monster walks up and drops the uh, coat on her, and drops the locket on her, and everything. And poor Willie's brought back his corpse found in the woods. Yeah. And everybody's freaking the fuck out because their their golden child has died. No! My dead Willie's! (laughs) My Willie's dead! No! My Willie! And and then it's like the next morning, yeah, it's like the, I I don't know, the constable or whatever comes to the door. And he's basically like, all right, well, we found Justine. Oh, because Justine's mom is also panicking when everybody gets back. And uh, Victor Frankenstein's in his best crushed velvet morning suit. <laughs> yes. And she's, uh, Justine's mom's like, my daughter never came back from the search party. You guys have to find her. Oh, I, and we'll we'll, I we'll search her. again in the morning. We just need our rest. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. <laughs> and she's then, the only thing I've got. And it's like, all right, well, let us rest a little bit. And then we'll go look for her in the morning. It cut to morning. The constable's like, well, we found the person who killed Willie. And we found Justine. Fun fact. <laughs> the same person. Found a locket on her and everything. And the townspeople want blood. Yeah. Oh, that's right. They're going back and, like, the mob is already formed and, like, already grabbed her. And she's just like, what? What is happening? I don't oh, even yeah. know where I am. <laughs> oh, and they drag her through the wood, or they drag her through the town and they... They take her to the top of that wall that's, like, six stories yeah. high and hang her from there and it's... I was expecting her head to pop off. But in I think real life, her head would pop off. <laughs> it <was> like, <laughs> but yeah, she's. It would have. It would have been uh, the splash zone at the. Uh, the <laughs> they could have. They could have inserted like a champagne bottle being corked right when her head pops off. <laughs> oh my god, that was so good. <laughs> so tight. 
Oh, that would have been great. I completely forgot about that. Yeah, they blame her for the murder instead of the monster. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, like, the family knows she didn't do it. Like, no matter what the evidence is, they're all just like, no, it's not Justine. Yeah, And that's why they had the lynch mob, like, do it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, I'm glad that they had the family know that it wasn't Justine. Like this, it just would have felt out of character for this movie, even though she doesn't have a ton of scenes from just be like, oh, Justine must have done it. That like, yeah, it's kind of better that it's just like the townspeople going apeshit. Well, yeah, it kind of makes sense considering they went apeshit so fast overseeing Frankenstein's monster too. That was a different town, but yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, well, it's just how people were back then, right? They the they get to one ends. conclusion and it's just like, yep, that's what happened. Yep, that's what happened. Oh, she knows how to heal people? She's a witch. Oh. She's a witch. She has a locket on her of the boy that was dead? Oh, she must have killed him. Like, yep. <laughs> hang her from the highest structure. Yeah. <laughs> right? So, they gave yeah, her so... a worse death death than um, De Niro's criminal character. Yeah. Yeah. No, actually, you know what? I think hers was better because she dropped farther, so she died quicker. He probably <laughs> suffocated. He probably twitched a bit. Yeah. Ugh, I mean, at least she didn't suffer. I say, if you're gonna be, if you're gonna be hung, be hung from high altitude. Right. Go, go big or go home. Right? Yeah, I mean, you want your head to pop off. You, if you want that be sh- hung. <laughs> You want that crisp champagne cork in the yes. Yeah. Nobody wants autoerotic association. Uh, maybe for death. Oh, for death. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's Basic Instinct 2, a couple episodes ago. No. You don't... <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying that, like, if you're being hung publicly, you don't want the boner out there. <laughs> or do Talk you? about Splash Zone. <laughs> so later that night, back, yep. back at the Frankenstein Manor, <laughs> I love how, like, everybody's on high sec- high alert for some reason like they got mm-hmm. guards going around and all so that. victor and the like head of the guard are talking claude the head of, yeah claude claude walks out of the scene the monster enters the scene yeah immediately standing behind him and it's like okay there's no way claude didn't see him he's not fucking batman and then they pull back and claude's like gone where the fuck did claude go <laughs> maybe claude, claude is batman claude might be a vampire Maybe. He might have turned into a bat and flown away. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, ah, I got to go to another franchise. <laughs> uh, but uh, basically, the monster says to Frankenstein, meet me on the, the slope of ice or whatever. And I'm like, is that like a well-known location in that area? Oh, you mean the big mountain over there? The glacier? We call that the Swiss Miss. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mount Swiss Miss. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So he goes on this like all day journey, packed up, and basically Elizabeth is like, "Where are you going?" He's like, "I, I got, I got stuff I need to do." Like, I go but, find we're a monster. Getting, but we're getting married. Uh, it's delayed because of the funerals and stuff. Anyway, right? <laughs> Half our wedding party is dead. Can we like put this off for a day or two? <laughs> <laughs> at least until we uh, re-coordinate who's sitting at what table. <laughs> By the yeah. way, Elizabeth seems super pissed that he wants to hold off the wedding. Uh, his brother and one of his oldest friends just died. Well, and it's also, she just wants to know what he's doing, too. And, and, he, and he's, like, super secret. It's like, can't say, bro code. <laughs> Bros before house, like the yeah. go. <laughs> so he goes through the Alps. It seems like it's, like, an all damn day or maybe even a couple days. And then the monster, like, jumps out behind him ah. and, like, pushes him down the coolest ice slippery slide in the world right? into a cave. <laughs> And it's at that point I'm like, oh, okay, Frankenstein's dead, right? Right? <laughs> and then the monster's and, got, like, a credits. palatial glacier estate. <laughs> yeah. It's but, a fortress of solitude. Hello. 
It totally oh, was it his really fortress. Is. Yeah. By the way, that's where Steve wants to live, is inside a glacier. <laughs> that's what I was thinking. I'm like, oh my god, I, if we get like cable in there, I would be set. <laughs> Just move cable to Canada, you can live in an igloo. Well, there we go. Yeah, it's like it's like like a nice what crisp forty eight degrees or something in a cave and. <laughs> Fahrenheit, you gotta, you gotta remember our guest is on Celsius, probably. Oh, sorry, Celsius, uh, 10, maybe? <laughs> Running math? Something like that, I'm not good with numbers. Uh, but, uh, basically he says, uh, did you come to kill me? No. And then the monster starts getting really philosophical about, <laughs> is this, are these thoughts even mine? Right. Am I human? Or am I impulses from past lives or some, some crazy crap like that? Basically, the monster just wants a woman. He he wants some love. He's horny. So, yeah. yeah, he's he's got a serious nut he needs to bust. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder but, if but, he was given that. <laughs> given a nut to bust. Well, he, his his emotions are all over the place. He's really just yeah. a teenager. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And my this is where I go. Like, there's no way. Like, all right, this is you know renaissance whatever germany there's no way he's the ugliest guy in town no 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 no, no. we can get him a hooker there is there is yeah. a woman out there yeah. desperate you just tell him he's out. like a i don't know like a warrior or something. War, war what do they yeah, have yeah, back yeah. then they didn't have knights yeah yeah just a uh, war the soldier he's, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, he's a he's soldier, soldier that got blown back up. from the prussian war i don't know yeah, so Frankenstein's got money. He buys a little little cabin in the Alps. He goes down to town. And he goes, all right, who's the poorest, like, saddest hooker here? Uh, I can marry you off to my friend. Uh, he didn't do well in the war, but he's hung like a goddamn horse and he's nine feet tall. <laughs> <laughs> Careful, he may literally split you in half. And then but, just yeah. pay her a monthly wage to stay with him. Yeah. Exactly. You pay you you basically you pay her to stay with him, and then she takes care of him up in this little you know cabin in the Alps. He you know eats sled dogs and provides her with meat and pelts, and it's all it's a good all life. All the dogs she can eat. <laughs> You're good to go. You're golden. See? Yeah, yeah. See, we we just fixed this movie, guys. Right. Congratulations. High fives all around. There's no fixing this movie. <laughs> <laughs> but instead, uh, he's like Frankenstein's like, all right, give me a month. I can make you abroad. It'll be sweet. <laughs> yeah, so um, I don't, where's Justine? Was there a reason why he stopped doing it? Because he goes through quite a bit of work to get everything ready. I, yes, he does. plot forwarding. Because Elizabeth says, you either marry me now or we're not getting married. And he's like, well, you mean more to me than this monster, so let's go get married. Yeah. At that point, it's like, all right, babe, I have something I'm going to tell you. He's afraid he's going to lose her already. But you're going to lose her at the wedding anyway. Don't lose your sister. No, but he's got he's got a guard to but protect he, him. He has seen and they're what gonna this take, monster they're gonna get has on a done. Boat. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, he's he's a cocky motherfucker. Yeah. He's. Yeah. I didn't like. He's dumb. Yes. He's arrogant. Well, yeah, that is like the number one trait of the Frankenstein character in any he's form arrogant. is complete arrogance and yeah. basically really self-centered. He's better than this monster. Yeah. Yeah. There's no way he can be beat by his own creation. So he's like, all right, cool. You know what? We'll, we'll let Justine's body rot a little bit and uh, we'll go get married. I'll figure even, this out later. Even Justine's corpse can't get a break in this movie. Oh, poor Justine. <laughs> like, uh, she really is just like a tragic character. Yeah. But but yeah, Elizabeth pulls the, it's either, it's either me or whatever the hell you're doing and you won't tell me. He's like, fine, it's you. Let's get married. 
Um, by the way, let's, let's get married on my dad's deathbed right in front of him. I think that's the other thing, too, is like, dad can't live without little Willie. You can't live without <laughs> <laughs> So he's going to die. So it's like, well, let's get married, make my dad happy, make my wife happy, happy wife, happy life. Yeah. And we'll just hop a boat and escape this. And he just tells everybody there's a madman out to kill him. Yeah. Yeah, he's like, all right, we got to get to the ferry. Uh, Which, by the I way, need, is like five people around me. All he really does have to tell anybody is, oh, there's a madman. I pissed him off when we were in Ingolstadt. He wants to kill me. He he's actually the guy who killed Willie. Everybody, go kill him. Right, but but no, he can't confess his sins, basically, yeah. or even further the plot. Uh, but they miss the ferry, um, so they go back, and they're like in some random cabin i guess probably just near the ferry so when it comes in the morning they can just hop over but it's like wait does he own this place or is this like a hotel or something uh, any thoughts on that um, no, I no i think it's i think they missed the last ferry for the night so they just stay at the hotel closest so they can catch the next one in the morning and also like the the hotel's smaller than his palatial estate so the guard can like defend it better yeah yeah, yeah there's yeah, one okay. point where he's going up to the ferry and the guy comes up he's like no the last ferry just left i'll go and find us somewhere to stay for the night until the next one in the morning yeah yeah so then we get their wedding night scene where yeah. all those candles in that wood cabin <laughs> oh they were all gonna they were gonna die one way or another there's no yeah. way anybody was making out of the, this out alive Must also been he, so many fires back then so oh, many yeah. fires everything's on fire and then he cannot get her bustier off yeah <laughs> the whole love scene is like all this romantic music and great lighting and stuff and it's really just him just Trying to cut through that goddamn corset with whatever you can find. Uh, <laughs> it's like trying to gnaw it off. Yeah. <laughs> I think we made the joke like, oh, he probably just netted just trying to undo it. He's <laughs> right. like, don't worry, by the time I get this off, I'll be good to go again. <laughs> It'll be great. It's like the old-fashioned version of the scene where you see the guy trying to open the condom wrapper, and he's like, hold on. <laughs> hold on. <laughs> Almost there. <laughs> no, I'm done. I can't go anymore. Moment's over. <laughs> George then, Costanza pops into my mind right away. Oh, yeah, yes. that's right. That's where I see that. See, I'm not going to lie. Like, when I watched this, I was uh, I actually thought of the very first Pirates of the Caribbean. And uh, <laughs> when Elizabeth falls in the water and Jack just, like, rips her bustier off so she can breathe. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, like, makes that scene even more impressive. <laughs> <laughs> Elizabeth, why did you say that name? That's my sister's name. That's my name. My sister's slash wife's name. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Creepy. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Well, and then we get the uh, the flute music in the distance, and at this point, I was like, "Wait, is that the Titanic theme?" Because <laughs> 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 it kind of sounded like for like the first couple notes, it's like, "Did, did we just transform movies?" <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, the Frankenstein goes to find out where the the flute noise is coming from because he knows the <laughs> the monster can play it because he was playing it for him there in the the man cave. And then, basically, like as soon as he leaves the room, boom! The monster is right on top of uh, Elizabeth, covering her <laughs> mouth, and he he's like, "Don't even try to scream." And she's like, "Uh, okay." Yeah. By the way, he teleports. He goes from being on the roof to in the room in like yeah. a lightning flash. Yeah. <laughs> so the so the, so he's also part vampire. Yeah, it's the craziest fucking thing. Them and everybody's like, "Quick, we gotta get back to the the bedroom," and they over oh, the room because. Victor goes outside to go talk to the head of the guard, and then they look up, and her door's open, oh, the outside right, balcony right. door. And they're like, quickly, upstairs! And so they burst in, and the monster's there, and basically just reaches right to her chest and pulls her yeah. fucking heart out, like, still beating. 
and he's like part of the movie. It is. Yeah, and he's like, I keep my promises, and then he Batman's the fuck out of there as they're like shooting at him, and this off. And off you like forget where Elizabeth's body rolls into the candles and yes, gets lit on fire. That's right. <laughs> oh, God. And so now the whole cabin's like burning Everything's down. Everything's on and, fire. Is that uh, supposed to be like a uh, foreshadowing for later on? You think? maybe yeah i think it's kind of that like he needs to just like let this alone now like this is beyond repair but no he's not going to because he can fix this yeah. it's just a little singe that's still good it's still good it's still good it's still good so, <laughs> so then we get to the uh montage of him bringing her back he puts uh it basically takes elizabeth's head and puts it on justine's body mm-hmm. uh, see why couldn't it, you just ch- put a new heart in that body and just have it good to go why did he have to cut her up and stuff i i'm sure it's a lot easier surgery to attach a head than to uh replace with a bathroom yeah, heart you gotta like you gotta go in and hook up all those valves whereas this is just you know pop the yeah. head right on it's brain surgery not heart surgery that's yeah. a not even he brain also... surgery it's like just neck surgery yeah yeah yeah, yeah. just a couple uh little little spinal column here and maybe an esophagus there and you're good exactly uh but by the way chopping your wife's head off on wedding night that's yeah. uh that's a forensic files right did there did they even get a chance to to like bang i don't i don't think they did like he was no. still working on the corset it? when the flute music came on right the moment passed yeah uh. took too long he was down for the night couldn't get it <laughs> <Yeah>. open <laughs> <laughs> but but one of my one of my most ridiculous scenes in this movie is coming up when he's like bringing the corpse back to life and you get Amadeus sitting on those those fake ass stairs yeah. drunk as can be I assume and just looking up going no that was so random <laughs> right so I was like, random oh, he's still there <laughs> Like, I can't imagine them filming that scene. All right, so what am yeah. I doing today? Okay, you're just going to sit right? on the stairs, and when we say action, just give us a dramatic, no, and then you're good for the day. All right. What's Thanks, this for? Kenneth. You'll see. Yeah. Well, 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 you'll see. You'll see at the premiere. It's a very artistic shot that we're doing. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> they, they reanimate, or I'm sorry, Frankenstein reanimates Elizabethine, the, yep. the, the bride. We'll call her Stein at this point and he's like basically like trying to revive her like hello hey like slapping her face a little bit trying to drag her up like say my name peekaboo remember who i am and and as anyone coming out of surgery i assume she's just like what where am i what's going on what what i i seem to remember my heart being ripped out or I don't know. Oh, no, she can't speak. She's yeah. she's yeah, like, yeah she's not speaking, it. but she's, she's just looking around like, yeah. what? what's going on? Well, yes. let's admit though, she she's dances. just as clueless right now as she has been through the whole movie. So not it's, much has changed. It's true. It's true. <laughs> I seem to remember a giant monster being on top of me and then ripping my heart out, and then poof, here I am, all puffy and achy. Um, <laughs> what's going on, bro? <laughs> I don't even know if she remembers the monster being on top of her. Because then when the monster shows up, yeah. she's like, oh, I remember you for some reason. You hey, must be my this friend. Guy, this guy th- looks familiar. I think she also, like, she looks at the, like, stitches on her hand and, like, feels His her face, face and yeah. that. And she, I think she starts to realize, like, that she's more like the monster than the, Victor? than Victor. Yeah. And, and then she starts, re- like, when they start fighting over her, she's like, you know what? I don't want to live anymore. Yeah. So she grabs an exploding orb. 
I think oh, that's when she realizes what truly it. has happened to her. Yeah. Yeah. I think that as soon as she grabs the orb, I think that's when all the pieces come together. Because she's probably heard yeah. a little bit of hearsay about what Victor was up to, wanting to create life, but then forgot about it. So at this point, when she sees the monster, all the pieces fit, and now she realizes she's a monster too. And she doesn't want to end up like that monster with everyone hating him and all that stuff. So she's just going to commit suicide. Yeah. 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 It's it's, it's, just all the fluid Mm -hmm. and she's just immediately like on fire and running all through the house, setting everything on fire. Oh, yeah. She's getting her revenge. It's like, (laughs) oh, is that marble? Guess what? It's on fire now. How does that Did they really goes, have to hold the camera on her for so long for us to realize that it was a dude in a very big fire suit? <laughs> a very large dude in a very large fire suit? Like, yeah, especially yeah. in the face. Like, the head was ginormous. You could tell it was wrapped in something. It was like, why are you focusing on that right now? It was all that burning hair. Because they spent so much money on that shot. <laughs> but yeah, she, like, runs out the front door, off the port of cachet, splat into the ground. Yeah. Um... And then we basically cut from there to, like, back at the North Pole where we started the movie. And uh, Frankenstein basically is just there just ranting and raving this story to the captain, played by Ian Quinn. Um, And basically just just dies. Just, I'm done. Oh, good thing I got to the end. Okay, good night. Yeah. (laughs) The end. Oh, by the way, he's going to be here soon. Yeah, <laughs> like through this whole story, he doesn't warn them or anything. <laughs> yeah, and, and and so yeah, then the captain goes to talk to the crew, and of course the crew's like, "Are we going home, or are we going to go on, and we're going to have to mutinize your ass?" And he's like, "Well, we just keep on going." But then they hear the noise from inside the ship, and in the captain's quarters, the monster's there, and he's again just crying because like, oh, "My father's dead," and uh, and it's like, um wasn't this exactly what you were looking to happen? Or are you, are you just well, sad that he's dead now and you can't torture him anymore? I well, even the I captain's think... confused because he's heard yeah. the story. So he sees him crying. He's like, why, why are you crying? <laughs> well, he's my like father. The... He's like, oh, all right. Uh, all right. That's <laughs> cool, bro. And then they have like the Viking funeral or whatever. Yeah. For Well, I don't think it's intended to be, but like they have the little fire set up to burn his corpse and then the ice starts breaking, and it's like a little floating island. And, and then the Titanic comes into frame, and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the flute music comes in. Celine Dion floats by on a glacier singing. Oh, I like this movie already. And that... And then the monster grabs uh, the fire and says, I'm the king of the world, and sets them both on fire. And, they... and by both on fire, he means the monster and Celine Dion. Yes. <laughs> You'll thank me for this. <laughs> there was uh, one point when he was holding the torch, though, and he drops it on the glacier. It would not have stayed lit. No. That's yeah. what I kept screaming at the TV. Fall! Or, or when he was like swimming across the ocean to get to the, oh, yeah. the pyre or Just whatever to set it on fire. Yeah, you just hold it, and not doing a good job of doggy paddling no. either. Like <laughs> it was like, yeah, that's 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 touching that water, or like yeah. a wave's gonna hit it or something. And when he drops yeah. it on the glacier, it's not like the glacier's dry. You can see water splashing up onto it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but 
but it's the Olympic torch. And so he sets yep. it. They're both gone. And then at that point, uh, the crew's like, all right, where to now, Captain? And he's like, fuck this. Let's go home. We're leaving. <laughs> the words of Lars Fishburne. <laughs> and roll credits. Mary Shelley's yeah. Frankenstein. Fuck. If you would like Actually, to hear the flute cover of the song, buy the Mary Shelley's Frankenstein soundtrack on CD. <laughs> and click through our Amazon. <laughs> uh, Not so really, you guys don't do that. You'll be disappointed. Uh, yeah, they, they keep all the money. Don't let them lie to you. Um, Such a fucking scam. So would you recommend this movie? You know what I would? It's over the top and super theatrical, but it's entertaining. Yeah. I'd say it's like, yeah, it's a Shakespearean telling of Frankenstein. Yeah. Brendan? I would probably recommend the original one before this. That makes sense. But I would mm-hmm. probably recommend watching them both just to to see the different ways that the story is told. Yeah, contrast and compare, see how like 60 years or whatever can uh can change how how the movies are told in a theatrical way. Some yeah. Of this or Frankenstein Unbound. Oh, coming <laughs> I soon. Seen that one. Oh God! Have you ever thought, hey, what if Raul Julia was v- Doctor Frankenstein, <laughs> and uh, we introduced John Hurt into the movie somehow? Oh, let's do it by time travel because this is a Roger Corman movie. Oh dear! It's coming up in a few weeks. Yeah, oh, Frankenstein. Um, what time? Prepare thyselves. <laughs> Off to watch that in preparation to listen to the episode. <laughs> well, and on that note, we're going to take a quick commercial break. And when we come back, we have fun facts, more beer, and what we learned from Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. <laughs> and Brandon. Yay! And more Brandon. More Brandon. More Canadians. <laughs> this is John Cassier, the voice of the Crypt Keeper. <laughs> come on over and watch Creature Features. <laughs> See Creature Features at www.thecreaturefeatureshow.com Hey, do you like movies? Hey, do you like podcasts? If you do, then come on down and listen to the Home Video Hustle podcast, homie. Hustle, hustle. Every Friday, we talk about whatever movie PJ picks out the bag. What does that mean? Well, every Wednesday on our YouTube page, I pick a bunch of movies at random. Sometimes there's a theme to it, sometimes not. PJ picks the movie up, and guess what? We watch it on Friday. We talk about it for about maybe an hour, hour and a half, whatever we feel like doing. Might give you something good to watch, baby. Come on down every Friday. So come get your hustle on with Home Video Hustle. You can find the show on any podcatcher app, or you can come down to homevideohustle.popping.com. All of them in one place for you, so you can go ahead and binge it like it's Netflix. We ain't the Defenders, yeah. but I like to think we a little bit better than that. <laughs> Come out at your boys, man. Come chill with us. Peace. Peace. We're happy to have you with us this evening and want you to enjoy every minute of your stay here. Listen to me. Please listen. If you don't, if you won't, if you fail to understand, then the same incredible terror that's menacing me will strike at you! 
Are you ready to enter the sci-fi double feature drive-in? Every month we hold a special double feature with a very interesting theme thought up by your host, the conspiracy-loving Elisa, and yours truly, Jarrett the Kaiju Man Wegelin. We discuss giant monsters, little monsters, genetic abominations, robots gone awry, aliens coming to Earth, cryptids, and anything in between. So join us at the sci-fi double feature drive-in podcast every first and third Thursday of the month. And don't forget to stop by our snack bar first. Did you ever go on vacation with your family and hope the dance instructor would fall in love with you? No, but I did think a guy with a giant boombox playing Peter Gabriel outside my window in the middle of the night meant true and undying love. Listen to our podcast, Happily Ever Aftermath, where we revisit these movies and it turns out they weren't the best ideas. What were we thinking? You can find our podcast, Happily Ever Aftermath, on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or your favorite podcatcher. You can also tweet at us at H-E-A-M-C-A-S-T, Heemcast. Have you ever watched an absolutely terrible movie and thought to yourself, what were they thinking? Because we sure have. So much so that we named our podcast after it. What were they thinking? Starring me, Nathan. And Brendan. Every other week, we take a bad to questionable movie and unpack it. So you don't have to. And then every other other week, we ate your cues with our mailbag. Or, you know, talk about whatever. No big whoop. No, no big whoop at all. So that's what were they thinking? You can catch us on Podbean, YouTube, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and more. Uh, also, a ton of platforms that Brendan made up. See, the thing I remember about this movie coming out is that everyone was so... They said it was so, like, I don't know if it was gory, but the big deal was that it was a rated R Frankenstein film. Yeah. But it other was, than him uh, ripping out the heart... Yeah, the ripping of the heart and incest. I mean, as long as you're okay with that. No, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and say the the monster being birthed scenes were pretty disturbing. Yeah, there was the bloody birth of Willie. Yeah, there's the collecting of the birthing fluids, the monster wrestling around in its KY jelly. Yeah, a lot of hangings. Yeah, yeah, there was a very Eastern Promises feel to the (laughs) the KY jelly scene. I I would say this is kind of a gruesome movie. Like, there's some really, like, gross scenes but it's memorable oh absolutely and we're back oh my god steve those were the greatest ads that ever added in the history of adding oh they added Uh, up (laughs) (laughs) they added up and now i'm a little parched you got anything to drink sweetie oh well in honor of this movie and all the darkness to be told we have from boulevard brewing the dark truth imperial stout well, you've already done that beer before, Izzy. It's true. We found another one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe we did the Dark Truth on Abar, the first Black mm-hmm. Superman. <laughs> it was definitely during Black Superhero Month, that's for sure. <laughs> so I'm going to pop my top, and I've got a garbage can ready, because I think I know how this one's going to go. Oh, my top. Uh, I'm kind of afraid of this turning into a bottle bomb. Oh. Ooh. This one did not. Didn't sound oh, like oh, an explosion. Oop, here you go. It's slowly but surely coming. There you go. Ah, it's a late so bloomer. It is. All right. Oh my, this is uh, very dark. Does Holding light up penetrate? the light. Light does not seem to penetrate it. Yeah. You got a dark khaki head. Yeah, this has a brown head. This is this is a dark yeah. beer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm. 
Smells, uh, I'm not gonna lie, we saw some kombucha in our glasses, so I think that's gonna affect your aroma, but if you sniff it straight from the bottle, very chocolatey. Oh yeah, chocolatey. Mm, a lot of, uh, roasty that. notes on that. Oh, yeah, please. Pour a little bit more. Yeah, this is a super dark beer. Let's see here. The Dark Truth Imperial Stout. 9.7% alcohol by volume. Mm. Woo! By Damn. Oh, wow. How, did, yeah. how is that, Steve? It is chocolatey, uh, ro- like roasted coffee and stuff with it too. Very nice. It's like mm. uh, it's like one of those um, the uh, chocolate covered espresso beans almost. Oh yeah, it is. Yeah, like yeah. chocolate covered coffee. Yeah, bean. very very rich. Like, but it's got a good hop bite to it. And yeah, it's nice yeah. and roasty. It's not too hoppy. Yeah, this is this is a dessert beer. Yeah, this is very really dry. Nice. Yeah, this is delightful. It's like one of those dark chocolate bars, but in mm-hmm. liquid alcoholic form. So. Absolutely. And this is a sneaky 9.7%. This mm. doesn't taste boozy. It tastes oh, rich and thick and complex like my husband. It's very, very sneaky. <laughs> <laughs> the sneakiness. Oh. So who wants some fun facts? Fun facts are super fun facts because the fun, fun facts. You guys need to put some like guitar behind your jingles. <laughs> <laughs> we, we just go acapella with it. I, I, I can do like the washboard or something. <laughs> oh, oh, what's this? What? There you go. Somebody with actual musical experience. <laughs> Just a little. Yes. So, what's the line? Fun facts. Fun, fun facts. facts are super fun, fun facts. Because the fun, fun facts. Fun facts. Are really fun facts. Because it's super fun facts. Woo! Yeah! Ow! Maybe I'll, I'll do a real one for you sometime. <laughs> oh, that would be amazing. We love that. And then you can put your vocals over mine too, and it can be like a big happy woo-ha song. We'll have a nice, like nice harmony going. Yeah. <laughs> I do love the acapella intro, though. That's one of my favorite intros. <laughs> <laughs> so, Steve, what are these fun facts? Oh, fun facts. Well... <clears throat> Willem Dafoe was offered the role of Victor <gasps> Frankenstein. What? Yes. What? That would have yes. been so good. Oh, guys, almost the entire thing has a recasting here. This movie sounds fucking amazing. Uh, so Willem Dafoe is Victor Frankenstein. Christopher Lambert was cast as Henry Clerval, the uh, Amadeus character. Oh, snap. So imagine the Highlander Oh. Instead of Amadeus oh. in this movie. With Willem Dafoe. Willem yes. Dafoe and the Highlander. <laughs> they think I'm quite mad, you see. <laughs> Victor, what are you doing? You must go to Elizabeth. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking love Christopher Lambert. I have so many questions for that man. Oh, so fascinating. Uh, okay. Roman Polanski was approached to direct. <gasps> what? Yep. Yep, I'm that would have was... been a completely different movie. <laughs> but the brother marrying a sister thing, mm. eh? <laughs> yeah, well. it makes sense, right? <laughs> all right, all right. We we talked about John Cleese and the amazing performance that yes. he did as Professor Waldman. Yes. Sir Sean Connery was asked oh. to play Professor Waldman originally. Oh, that would have been actually... hilarious, right? Excuse oh me. my God, Willem Dafoe going. <laughs> To Sean Connery for advice. advice. I found the cure for death and I lost it. Goes like full medicine man with the performance. (laughs) Oh, this movie's even better than I could have cast. Okay, okay, okay. At one point. 
okay, Tim okay, Bur- okay. Tim Burton was being courted to direct, with Columbia Pictures eyeing Arnold Schwarzenegger as the creature. What? <laughs> yep. Yes. So we could have had uh, this. Is, this is just my best case scenario. Tim Burton directing Mr. Freeze as the creature. Willem Dafoe Dafoe as our lead. Christopher Lambert as the comic relief. And Sean Connery in a high-profile cameo. And the mind that they want to put into Arnold Schwarzenegger. So if Arnold Schwarzenegger is trying to do a Sean Connery impression. Yes. Yes. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, Steve. And if you think about it, Schwarzenegger makes sense for the creature because this is supposed to be set in like Germany yeah. slash Switzerland slash Austria, yeah. like the Alps area. So if it, oh my god, we haven't had Willem Dafoe doing like an Austrian accent. Yeah. Oh, this would have been such a great movie. Oh my god, we missed. Showtime. <laughs> <laughs> we missed out. Oh my god, he would have had his little ice cave and stuff too. Oh, yeah. that would great. <laughs> and it still would have been Helena Bottom Carter. Oh yeah, yeah obviously <laughs> Helena Bonham Carter was like. I I think Mary Shelley cast that one. Like she wrote, years from now there will be a young lady. <laughs> oh, I, I want to see it. that movie now, please. Right? Yes. <laughs> There's still time. <laughs> they are all still with us. Yeah. <laughs> Quick before Connery. <laughs> anyway, I don't even want to jinx it. Poor You'd have to else. take him out of retirement, though. I, I I think there's enough money in the world for that. <laughs> well, because he retired after League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, so putting him in a Frankenstein movie, he might be like, I'm done with that universal monster crap. Are you kidding? League of Extraordinary Gentlemen is fabulous. Oh, I love that movie. It's quite underrated, but he's, really is. he was supposed to be, apparently the story goes, he was supposed to be in Lord of the Rings as Gandalf. But he turned down the role because he wasn't into that whole fantasy world. He didn't understand it. So he oh, was I like, see that. he was like, he crap, was that movie just made so was. much money. Put me in a movie like that with all these, put me in a fantasy movie. They're like, okay, well, we have this League of Extraordinary Gentlemen movie coming out. And it completely bombed. And he's like, well, I don't understand the movie industry. I'm retiring now. Yeah, I'm done now. Thank you. But I thought he was great in that movie. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he's yeah. perfect for that character. Yeah, no, that makes sense to me, though. He was a truck driver before he was an actor. Like, I'm sure he's just, like, a dude's dude. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. Sean Connery. Yeah. <laughs> but imagine right. him as Gandalf. Yeah. You shall not pass! Blah, 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 See, blah, I blah. just can't. It's, that doesn't... Yeah, Ian McKellen was great. Uh, I'm okay with it. <laughs> oh, for sure. It, it would have just been... It. I, I don't think it would have worked. But it would have been interesting. It would have been a fascinating choice. <laughs> it would have been like Willem Dafoe is Victor Frankenstein now. Uh, <laughs> but no, Arnold Schwarzenegger is the monster. I would have really liked to see that because he doesn't oh, usually do roles like that either. Yeah, well, and it would have been like probably a mostly like it would have been like back to like the Conan Terminator days where it was like mostly silent for the first half and then he starts talking and, you know, the accent and like kind of mumbling a couple of words because you know this this would have been early 90s so like well, i guess the like like last action hero was probably 94 yeah yeah huh. yeah that would have been amazing i'm not gonna lie oh what, what could have been like nicholas cage's superman oh we missed out <laughs> we missed out all right so producer francis ford coppola had originally planned to direct the film himself as a companion piece to bram stoker's dracula but eventually stepped back to let Kenneth Branagh direct. Coppola later regretted his decision after several disagreements with Branagh during filming. Mm. Mm. Yeah. 
Um, after viewing a rough cut, Francis Ford Coppola insisted on cutting the first half hour of the film. When director Kenneth Branagh refused, Coppola publicly denounced the film. So huh. you mean the part where it's just like scene after scene and like 10 minutes when it shows like his, like Victor growing up and stuff? He wanted that cut out? He, yeah, I guess. Yeah, so it would have started probably when he went to school or maybe even after that. See, I anyway. sort of agree with that because mm. as much as the beginning showed us, I didn't like how it was edited. Yeah, yeah, it was very all over the place. Like, and it, of course, there's like the bloody birth scene and stuff like that. Like, if the scenes were any shorter, it would have been a montage. And I don't like when movies do that. It almost then, makes me forget what I just saw because you're giving yeah. me so much information in like a short amount of time, and and then the movie seems to kind of smooth out by the time he gets to school and like actually tell a story. So I kind of understand where he was coming from there. Yeah, and I mean, Francis Ford Coppola makes great movies, you know. He made all three Godfathers, am I right? It's true. (laughs) Which is kind of funny, because those are very long, too. So him wanting to cut down the movie is kind of strange. It's like, maybe he's got a point. (laughs) Maybe he learned his lesson. Maybe he looks back at those, and he's like, those could have been a lot more to the point. Maybe you don't, maybe you should learn from this. Yeah, Uh, trust me, I just did Godfather 3. We could have cut that down to like a 45-minute episode (laughs) of something, like Law and Order or something. Uh, uh, Kenneth Branagh originally wanted his wife, Emma Thompson, for the role of Elizabeth. However, she had been offered the lead in Carrington, and Branagh agreed that this would be a better part for her. There we go. (laughs) You know what, that's a much better movie than we're making. You, You should totally do that, wifey. Oh my gosh. Um, however... It was during the filming of this movie that Kenneth Brahma, then married to Emma Thompson, fell in love with Helena Bonham Carter. Which raises the question, does Helena Bonham Carter have a golden vagina? Apparently. (laughs) I mean, between her and Mia Jovovich, it's like, are there any any other directors for people to marry? (laughs) I don't know. They've married them all. And what, wasn't she with Tim Burton at this point? Uh, Tim Burton apparently was after, I think. Her and Timmy had to call it off. Yeah, because I know they were together for like 20 years or something. Maybe it was like right after this. Maybe when this was this movie again? Up. 94? Yeah, 94. Oh, okay. Robert De Niro studied stroke victims to get a, a purchase on speech that is struggling to emerge. What? I can see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Because yeah, half his yeah, face is messed up. Yeah, yeah, that that slow delivery, and then it, you know, as the pace of the movie picks up, it kind of picks up as well. But mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, the so the makeup on De Niro with the that like the, the I don't know, almost the like cleft palate on the palette. right side, and yeah, yeah his I mean, lips like pulled up, almost like a a messed up Joker. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know how I got these scars. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would have been great. <laughs> Oh my god, where'd you get those cuts? Shaving. <laughs> uh, so what did we learn from Mary Shelley's Frankenstein? Brent? I learned that ambiotic fluid can be used for anything, apparently. Ugh. And doesn't expire. Ugh. Ugh. Oh, the smell out of that. Oh, come um. on now. <laughs> uh, I learned that knowledge is power only through God. I've learned that the Frankenstein family just does not learn. 
Oh, I made one monster. It was an abomination. Oh, my wife died. I'll just make her into a monster, too. There's no way that could possibly go wrong. No, not at all. And I know you're hysterical because she just died, but come on. You're like, you're supposed to be smart. (laughs) (laughs) I also learned this is what happens when you try to marry your sister. Yeah, just don't do it. Yeah. And this is also (laughs) what happens when you don't tell people what the hell's going on. Because if you told people, you could have protected Elizabeth, sent her somewhere, gotten people to go after the monster rather than just going after some crazy guy with non-super strength. Yeah, this whole movie could have been resolved with, like, two very minor things of, like, Elizabeth, this is what's happening. And, right? and 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 hell with, with the monster, or whatever he's like, make me a bride, and it'll be great. And it's kind of like, all right, dude, it's gonna take some time. I mean, if you want prime materials and all that, but yeah. there's plenty of dead hookers out there. I can hook you up. No, but remember, he bring the monster brings him uh, Justine. Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. It, raw materials, nothing. Just more raw about. materials. Well, well, but before even all that goes around, where he's like, I want a woman. It's like, dude. I can get you a girl. <laughs> I am very rich. Yeah, I've right? got the money. <laughs> I've got the money. There's a 12-year-old out there for sale somewhere. <laughs> I also learned that John Cleese is the man. Mm-hmm. He's the best. I would say this is blew my it, mind. Yeah, this is like his best performance by far. I was I was totally like watching it trying to place it and I'm like, I know John Cleese is in this movie. This this can't possibly be him. That's so good, like, I can't respectable. believe that. <laughs> Alrighty, yeah. so the question that's been on everybody's mind, Helena Bonham Carter's uh, marriages. So her first husband is Kenneth Branagh from 94 to 99. She oh. then, uh, she was married to Tim Burton from 2001 to 2014. Hmm. Huh. Also, her family name is Bonham Carter. Her dad is... John Bonham. Bonham Carter, <laughs> no, like like that. It's oh, it oh, is okay, Bonham yeah, Carter. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, Raymond Bonham Carter. Huh. Like it's not a hyphen. That's the family name. Hmm. Interesting. Well, Brandon, thank you for joining us. It's always a pleasure having you on. I'm sorry it took so long to get you back on. Actually, it's been it's been almost a year, right? I know you got to come on more often. Yeah, whenever you guys need me, I'm here. I'm down. Yeah, and and tell us about your wonderful Re- the Red on You podcast, if you want. Well. The Red on You podcast, I am joined by three other hosts, usually not at the same time, but we kind of rotate, but you've got Stefan, Toby, and Mandy from the Little Geek Lost podcast, and once a month we pick movies at random from the Almighty Master List, which is a box full of movies on pieces of paper, there's about 500 (laughs) or so of them. Oh, wow. Yep, and we don't discriminate. We do all movies, action, adventure, fantasy, thriller, sci-fi, rom-com. Although, recently we we retired silent movies because (laughs) both me and Stefan couldn't stand the ones that we watched. We watched The Hunchback of Notre Dame, which there is a review of that you can actually listen to. That's a review. And then we were supposed to do The Mask of Zorro, and we both watched about 15 minutes of it, and we were like, screw this. It's it's we just don't like them, but yeah, we do every other kind of movie, and we we release episodes once a month, and then also once a month we do a coming attractions episode where we pick our movies from the master list, and we also talk about the movies coming to theaters that month, just to give everybody a little reminder in case they forgot what movie they want to see, and yeah, 
Excellent. Excellent. Well, if you decide to unretire silent movies, I would say I think you guys might have been going down the wrong road. I think you got to go more like some Charlie Chaplin, some old Laurel and Hardys, do some of the old like comedies. They're more engaging. Plus, I mean, some of just the Pratt Falls are absolutely fantastic. That's a or, good like, idea. Some of the old like Nosferatu, the old horror black and white ones. Because again, yeah. you're kind of the the black and white films you're watching it kind of for the over the top performances because they're not able to use their words and so you want to go for the genres that are already going over the top yes that is true it's just very hard because i think we grew up in an age where acting and special effects are so insanely different it's really hard to go back to those kind of movies especially like if you look at hunchback in notre dame it's a mix of like horror comedy well, pretty much horror and comedy, but in such a weird way that you're not used to in this day and age. Yeah, that one, I'm not gonna lie, that's a rough one. But it's supposed to be a popular one. But yeah, I, I understand. Yeah, I, I do want to watch like Nosferatu and Charlie Chaplin. I actually am a fan of Charlie Chaplin. He's the man. Especially yeah. we know like he's doing all his own stunts and like that that stuff's all real. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's insane. I actually just got a Charlie Chaplin VHS box set for my friend who's throwing out oh man your friend has bad taste he's got to keep it but well, he, he's making room for dvds and stuff i guess but oh well, there you go uh. but yeah and some of the old uh, laurel and hardy's i highly recommend as well they're very engaging okay maybe maybe we'll pull them out of retirement yes and, and i'm sorry you may have mentioned this but where where can we find your podcast uh you can find it on pretty much any podcast app uh podbean itunes uh, Stitcher, and we are also now on YouTube, where you can also find clips of some of us playing. Um, I play video games on Twitch. Toby has a Lego channel on Twitch, and yeah, there's just clips of both of those on there, plus the episodes of the podcast. Very nice. Ooh, maybe we can look into that. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. And of course, you can find us. Uh, Everything I learned from movies. We're on all the podcatchers. Um, all you know at Google us you'll find us we're on Twitter at EILF movies that's everything I learned from movies we're also on Patreon if you have a great yeah. movie you want us to uh, check out a review uh, just head over to patreon.com slash EILF movies we're surprisingly affordable uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're not cheap but we're worth it um, <laughs> uh, but yes until next time I'm Steve and I'm Izzy and I'm Brandon and this, this is, is everything, everything I learned, I learned from, from movies. movies. Have a good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Peace out. Peace out.